What's up, everybody? Welcome to the 45th episode of The Crossroads, celebrating 20 years of the Xbox brand. My name is Ryan Turford, and this is the show where we're counting down the months to the 20-year anniversary of the original Xbox with 50 of the best games to play on the console for both new and experienced owners. We dive into the brief history of each game and talk about what makes them awesome. Now, as always, we'd love your feedback on this and all of our shows over on Twitter at Capriz, or you can reach out to me directly anytime at Ryan Turford. So this is it. Number six, next week, we're going to be heading into the top five, what I consider to be the top five games on the original Xbox, at least as far as, you know, modern playability is concerned. And I'm very excited to talk about those games, but that's not this week because this week we got a bit of a hidden gem on this list. Now, mind you, um, I I know about this game. I know a couple other people in the Xbox community that know about this game. I mean, huge shout out to to Luke Lore, uh, the insipid ghost over on the Xbox expansion pass, who like me actually really loves today's game. Um, and we that was one of the things where like when him and I first started talking on Twitter, like that was something him and I actually kind of connected on uh, was both both of our love for this game that I think just not a lot of people had really heard of. And uh, for me. And to be fair, this is a game that we had already kind of links back to an, uh, another episode I've already done uh, about this game's sequel. But basically, I learned about this game just by reading official Xbox magazine, OXM. Um, I remember they just had this like three page spread on this game. Um, it was kind of like a uh, their big review of this game and how they were. The reviewer was actually very excited about it. And. Um, it was a game that I was like, as soon as I saw it and read more about it from this review, I was like, okay, I need to try and track down a copy of it. And I mean, there weren't a ton of copies of this in circulation. So it was like a bit of a, a harder game to find. At least I know in my personal area anyways, like uh, it was a game that was very hard to track down. I mean, of course, this was before the digital era. You couldn't just go on your console and, you know, download this game. You had to find a physical copy of it somewhere, um, which is just funny when you look at physical copies of this game now, because they're not super expensive, although it has definitely risen in price over the last couple months. But uh, today's game is Otogi, Myth of Demons. Again, we had talked about its sequel, Otogi 2 Immortal Warriors, uh, which came out a a while ago. Um, But uh, this time we're talking about Myth of Demons, the first one. Um, This game is actually coming to us from From Software, before the Dark Souls, Demon Souls kind of era, um, basically when they were trying a whole bunch of different stuff and then trying to see what stuck essentially but by, by a bunch of different teams. Um, Cause again, like they, they're known for, you know, all kinds of stuff back in this era um, from, you know, Chrome Hounds to Metal Wolf Chaos, Armored Core, a whole bunch of different types of games. Like they made a, a whole bunch of mech games. They made a whole bunch of like melee action games. They made quite the, the the gamut of different games over at From Software. And again, they were a very different company than they are today, where today we kind of just know them for doing just Souls-like games and nothing else. Um, and kind of this game in particular, Otogi Myth of Demons, and I kind of said this on the Otogi 2 episode, um, but I feel like this game kind of shows that they're going in that Dark Soul direction and kind of um, you see some of the th- the hallmarks of uh, what makes some of the Souls games kind of special, such as the environmental storytelling, for example, um, because, again, this isn't like a huge, you know, story-focused game, although it is more story-focused than, than something like Dark Souls is. Um, but I do think that um, overall you do see a lot of kind of the early ideas 
that would go into games like Demon Souls and Dark Souls and what made them special in Otogi. And, and there, it's kind of this is kind of like their bare bone. Of course, before this, um, if you know the kind of the history of the Soul series, and I talked about this on the Dark Souls episode on the roundabout, our list from last year about the Xbox 360, um, about the the history of Dark Souls and how it all go, kind of goes back to Kingsfield on the PlayStation 1, um, which was essentially like a first-person uh, RPG. But again, it is very similar to Dark Souls and kind of that's where kind of that inspiration came from so um, you see a lot of dark souls in this game and uh, it's pretty cool especially again if you've played from software's newer games but you haven't tried a lot of their older games like i think they're all worth checking out again like some of them are better than others and some of them are more hit and miss like you probably don't need to go back and play chrome hounds today even though it was like a 360 era launch title um because it's got mechs in it but at the same time like it's not a great game but uh, it's it's certainly out there. It's a thing that exists. Um, so yeah, I, I loved kind of this era from from software. Plus, one thing was uh, that was awesome about from software around this time frame is that there were actually a lot of exclusive games from from on the original Xbox. Um, like they also did uh, like the Armored Core games, for example, were exclusive to the PlayStation consoles. But everything else that they made that was kind of like you know very experimental and kind of out there. We're for the most part Xbox exclusive. Again, Metal Wolf, Chaos, Chrome Hounds, um, like those games were all exclusive to the Xbox platform. So uh, we were kind of blessed to have From Software kind of working on our platform of choice and doling out games that way. So let's talk about the game du jour, the game of the hour, Otogi Myth of Demons, right now. Now, and in case you haven't played it, in Otogi, you play as Raiko, an executioner that was given the request to kill his biological father. Basically, Raiko is uh, basically taken in by this clan of executioners. They're almost like assassins, almost, um, and after kind of being abandoned by his family. However, when he breaks into his father's castle and is about to kill him, he decides at the last moment that he actually can't do it. So Raiko instead steals the clan's sword called the Soul Shrine and then departs from the castle. However, upon departing, the great seal between the demon and human worlds is broken, causing demons to invade our world. After almost being killed, Raiko is saved by a mysterious entity called the Princess, who has Raiko collects four essences in order to repair the Great Seal. So I think the story itself, talking about it on the Otogi 2 episode, I know that, that with that one, I'm like, ah, the story is there, it's fine, it's there. In this game, I think the story is much better, but you still kind of have the same problem where, again, it's not like an overly story-heavy game. Um, I, it has some really cool moments in the story, and, and um, it, that's one of the things I like about it. But again, this game is more gameplay focused as well. Um, so I would say most of my enjoyment comes from the gameplay and not so much of the story. But as someone who likes you know Japanese mythology, if you like Japanese mythology, I think you're really going to enjoy the story in Otogi because again, it, it's at this time I remember we didn't really get at least in North America, anyways a ton of games based around Japanese mythology. We had, we had, you know, lots of Greek mythology games, um, or even some other kind of mythologies, but Japanese mythology was something that I personally didn't know a ton about before playing this game. Um, and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that this kind of substitutes for, you know, a historical lesson in Japanese mythology, but I would say that you learn a lot more about it 
from from this game, um, which I really enjoyed. And again, I I love that nowadays we have so many more choices uh, to learn more about Japanese mythology or or, or kind of based around it. Um, and again, this is not trying to be you know a full kind of head on Japanese mythology game, but it, it it's very much rooted in that that sense. So um, that's one of the things I liked about this game. Um, and again, the Great Seal itself, you're basically going around and collect these four essences that are essentially um, like the four different elements. They they kind of represent them. And there's specific bosses that go along with that, and then there's other stuff you do after that which is awesome. Otogi Myth of Demon's story is pretty good, but at the same time, you're not really playing it for the story. It's There's not a huge story emphasis, but again, the story is much better than the sequel, um, and I think that it's definitely more of a story-based game than almost every other fun software game, um, besides, you know, uh, at least as far as the story kind of being in your face and it trying to tell you a narrative, um, because especially if you play a game like Dark Souls or Sekiro, like, the story is not super in your face um most of the time like beyond kind of the intro section um whereas in this game it's really trying to tell you a narrative while um also just presenting you with this linear linear adventure but you have the kind of these like openish spaces that you can go around and you know destroy stuff because this game also features environmental destruction again similar to games like Red faction or again otogi too we talked about it on that episode um where it's all about you know, destroying the environments, you know, uh, when you're fighting demons, you can knock them through like castle walls or rocks and stuff and they explode and it's really satisfying. So um, I actually really love kind of the, the destruction elements to the game as well. And as far as the gameplay is concerned, again, I think this is where the game really shines. It's not necessarily to the levels of a fast action game like, you know, Ninja Gaiden or Devil May Cry. It's a bit slower than that. Um, but for the most part, you have a lot of combo attacks. Um, you have also have some, some magical powers uh, available to you as well that you kind of earn along the experience. Um, but again, it's also, as I kind of me mentioned a second ago with the environmental destruction, a lot of that plays into the combat because, again, you're knocking people through different objects or you're using the terrain to kind of your advantage to to help you kill some of the, the tougher enemies towards the end of the game. Um, so I think the combat itself is very, very, very fun. And um, again, the, the each level, even though it's linear, you're basically exploring these like smaller open areas and you can kind of go all over the place and uh, do, all, do all kinds of other stuff. And there's lots of secrets to find. Um, but at the same time, you're not really able to, um, you, you don't backtrack or anything like that. Again, it's not one big open world. It kind of, again, reminds me of like smaller segmented over open worlds, similar to uh, something like Rise of the Tomb Raider. Just um, they're connected by, you know, different levels as opposed to um, just it being kind of one um, place you kind of go back and forth to but you can kind of replay any level that you've played before and there are reasons to do that because you do get certain abilities that make it useful to go back to older levels that you've played before um, in order to unlock secrets or uh, do other stuff in the environment that you weren't able to do the first time you were there so there's a lot of replayability in this game i think it's a ton of fun to play and yeah the combat really shines um, there is some floatingness to the controls as far as kind of the navigation is concerned and, and some because there's not really a great map or anything like that. Navigation on some of the levels can be kind of annoying, but for the most part, the gameplay is, is top-notch in this game and definitely the main drive, I think, for playing this game. Visually, I also think this is a game that actually holds up pretty well over time. I mean, it's it's a very stylized game. Again, it's not trying to be super realistic or anything like that, and uh, I think the visuals themselves today actually hold up very well. In fact, 
I might venture to say that of our top five games remaining, other than maybe one other title, which is probably closer to the top of my list, this is one of the best visually speaking titles going forward. If you go back and look at it today on the original Xbox, it's one of the best looking titles of the five as far as ones that, that stand the test of time. So I think Otogi Myth of Demons still looks fantastic t- today. And yeah, overall, I think that this is a game that I know a lot of people probably missed. I mean, we haven't really had a, a re-release of this or anything like that. Um, and it's not really available on, on, on a lot of other places. In fact, again, it's still an exclusive to the original Xbox, but it's a game that, again, People who like action games, who like, you know, Japanese mythology, who like From Software are definitely going to get a kick out of this game. So um, if you haven't played it before, I do highly encourage uh, checking it out if you have the means to be able to do that. Um, I think it is a fantastic game. Now, if you're looking to pick up Otogi Myth of Demons today, it's not backwards compatible with any other Xbox platform. So you will need an original Xbox and a copy of the game in order to play this. Unfortunately, there, they, like I said, there was no re-releases or any other way to play this. It's not on any other console. So you do need an original Xbox, but trust me when I say on the original Xbox, it still looks pretty good. That's all for this episode of The Crossroads. You can hit me up on Twitter anytime at Ryan Turford. You also find the Pantsman himself on Twitter at Sean Capri or us on Twitter at Yumi Capri's. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Crossroads, and we out. Bye.